You're listening to Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks, 89.3 KEYK, Stage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, May 23rd. A Camdenton woman was seriously injured last week in a crash on Westwood Drive. 39-year-old Alicia Koch was driving when the vehicle hit an embankment, became airborne, struck another embankment, and came to rest. Koch sustained serious injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. A new cannabis dispensary has just opened in Sunrise Beach. It's called Revolution, and it's the latest of the company's eight dispensaries. It includes an on-site cultivation facility with proprietary strains. Dusty Schroyer, CEO, said they look forward to becoming an integral part of the new community and bringing world-class products to Missouri's medical cannabis patients. Gravoy Mills firefighters battled a two-alarm fire on Monday with the help of fire departments from across the lake area. The fire was at a commercial facility, and when firefighters arrived, it was already serious. They battled the fire for several hours, deploying more than 1,600 feet of supply hose and using more than 100,000 gallons of water. No injuries were reported. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. It is back on the ice for the Blues tonight. It is pretty much a must-win game four of their second-round playoff series against Colorado. They're down two games to one, and without goalie Jordan Bennington, he had to leave the last game with an injury after getting run over, and he will be out for the rest of this series with a lower body injury. So the uh, Blues with a big, big game tonight. If they win, the series will be tied at two as they go back to Colorado for game five on Wednesday. If they lose, they'll be down three games to one and not looking good. Busy weekend in golf. Justin Thomas came from seven shots down to win the PGA Championship in a playoff. Rookie Mito Pereira had a double bogey on the final hole to blow the victory. He would have been the first rookie to win a major in 11 years. Tiger Woods withdrew after three rounds after struggling with some health issues. Triple Crown, Kentucky Derby winner Rich Strike did not run in the Preakness Saturday. His owner said he needed more time off after he won the Derby. So a horse named Early Voting 
held on to win and uh, is a winner of a Triple Crown race. Early voting held off the favorite Epicenter to win the second leg of the Triple Crown. Epicenter has finished second in both the Derby and the Preakness. So next up, the uh, final uh, race of the Triple Crown, the Belmont, will go June 11th. Softball, the big NCAA tournament off and running. Mizzou hosted a regional, and they lose to Arizona in the championship game. So the season is over for the Lady Tigers. They finish 36-20. and 20. The Lady Tigers did beat uh, MSU twice. The Lady Bears finished their season at 28-20. and 20. They lost to Mizzou in the first round, then beat Illinois Saturday, only to lose again to Mizzou Saturday evening, and that ended the Lady Bears' season. The Mizzou men are done for the year. They uh, won two out of three at Georgia over the weekend, but it wasn't good enough to get them into the SEC tournament, so the Mizzou men's season comes to an end 28 and 23. MSU Bears are 25 and 26. They lost two of three against Bradley over the weekend, but they do qualify for the Valley Tournament where they will play Tuesday afternoon and uh, try to keep their season alive. They play Illinois State. As for the Cardinals, they uh, swept three straight in Pittsburgh over the weekend, winning 18-4 to yesterday. The Royals lose three straight to the Twins over the weekend. They lost 7-6 to yesterday. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns, 7, 5, and 11 every single day. Lake TV bringing you five local lake area shows. And don't forget about Uncle Chris at the top of the hour, almost every hour. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, free on Roku, and streaming live 24-7 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV is your hometown local TV station. Featuring Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, Live High School Sports, Real Estate, Dining, Boating, and of course the annual Lake of the Ozarks Shootout. Lake TV on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and of course online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. She's a former Camdenton resident, Hollywood actress, and pop culture expert. Tina Griffin helps parents safely navigate the current pop culture chaos. Know how to create a healthy media diet for your family and live as a counterculture warrior. Listen to the Counterculture Mom Show Fridays and Sundays at 5 a.m., 1 p.m., and 9 p.m. on Key Radio, 89.3 FM.
the Lake of the Ozarks Community Radio Station. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. Hey, it's 808. Good morning, and thank you so much for joining us on another beautiful day at the Lake of the Ozarks. It is May the 23rd, and I can say in all seriousness, in all honesty, that as of right now, we've got some clouds and 50, that's right, 50 degrees. What a weekend, huh? I mean, uh, holy mackerel. You got a little bit of everything. You got some rain on Saturday and then a beautiful day yesterday, but uh, very calm, very cool. And I don't know if uh, people are freaking out or what, but as is the case, folks, you know this weather is not going to last because uh, we've got a big holiday weekend coming up. As a matter of fact, we'll hit a high today of around 69, maybe right at 70 degrees with some clouds, a slight chance of rain overnight and a low of 54, back up to 71 for the high tomorrow with some showers in the afternoon, evening sort of a thing. And a low of 62. Showers on Wednesday and 69 for the high. A low of 53. few showers possible on Thursday with a high of 65 and a low of 54. Partly cloudy. And I'll tell you what, the uh, the weekend is shaping up very nice. Very, very nice. Friday, partly cloudy and 75, a low of 58. 82 on Saturday with sunshine. Partly cloudy and 85 on Sunday. And on uh, Memorial Day, the day that we remember those who have uh, died in uh, all of the wars that we have fought in over the years. Partly cloudy and a high of 86 degrees on Memorial Day. So some very nice weather, very comfortable for the period. You know, that's kind of the nice thing about it, I guess. If you, It doesn't always have to be hot and humid. <laughs> it's okay once in a while to have it uh, uh, at an enjoyable level. We'll see how the humidity factors into everything coming up this weekend as well. Again, 50 degrees currently in Osage Beach as we're broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Uh, Lake level at uh, Bagnell Dam is 659.15. River level at 567.26. So there you go. And generation still still up there. The discharge rate is uh, still well over 37,000. So, uh, yeah, we've got to find uh, room for all of this uh, this rain that uh, has made its way through the area. Still making its way through the area. It looks, again, like it's going to be uh, wet a good portion of the week. 8.10 is our time. Professor Jim Paisley joining us here this morning in the studio. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. I'm hanging in there. Yeah. I want to give out a shout-out to my son. He's in the hospital. He's got some problems with... Uh, blood clot of all things so yeah he's recovering from a little surgery and so get better soon you know but uh what an experience for the young man oh yeah yeah well how old is he well now he's 45 45 he's just a pup he's finding out now you know you see he he keeps looking at me and said dear god this is what i got to look forward to (laughs) (laughs) i said yeah buddy here you go so but no i'm doing all right you know uh that cool weather something else but at least we're not shoveling it you saw colorado they've got what 20 inches of snow and then the east coast it's down near 100 so yeah yeah, you know i'm not complaining we're doing all right yeah not a bad deal at all not at all and uh, we are happy to uh, be here happy uh this is like you and i a nice little support group it is we come in the morning it's quiet yeah we uh we we talk we get all of our uh 
all of our business taken care of. That's right. See a happy face. And, you know. uh, yeah. Yeah, I enjoy it. Lightning I the Wonder it. Dog is here. Lightning the Wonder Dog, you know, that's uh, that's fun, too. <laughs> you know, I'm telling you, folks, if you could see this Lightning the Wonder Dog, he's, uh, he's lightning is not the word for him right now. He looks like he's, uh, you know, we have to prop him up. He's curled up in the corner. And I think it, that's my fault because last night <clears throat> I had the window open and the fan on, and he sleeps in the bed there right next to me. I think he might have been a little cold. You think? Yeah. And so he didn't get uh, didn't get his uh, regular forty winks. There you go. He only got ten. Yeah, he'll make up for it. Yeah, he certainly will. <laughs> so this morning we are going to talk about. This morning I thought we'd talk about the fact that our disinformation board that everybody's been so worried about has now disappeared it's it's amazing you know uh, it's magic and you know how appropriate that uh you know just as quick as she came the mary poppins of disinformation has you know basically unfurled her umbrella and floated away to her next job you know which <laughs> i think is wonderful you know i guess she's nannying another country and you know, of children who are trying to teach them you know all the you know that they have wrong ideas so nina jankowitz our disinformation czar uh age 33 was supposed to lead the Department of Homeland Security's new disinformation governance board, but she lasted all of a week. So, you know, yeah, it's kind of interesting, and I thought it might be kind of interesting just to talk about that whole fiasco and another bullet that we may have dodged, right? Now, <clears throat> the media reports say the board is being paused, whatever that means, right? And Ms. Jankowicz has actually resigned. Now, it isn't difficult to see why. Uh, you know, she's the one that said, you can just call me the Mary Poppins of disinformation. And I don't know if you saw her, you know, on t on the Twitter thing, singing her little song and all. So I thought, oh, my God, you know, just about the time you think it can't get any more crazy. <laughs> here comes, you know, Mary Poppins, you know. So, you know, you got Peppermint Patty is, the, you know, the White House spokesperson and you got... <laughs> Mary Poppins, I mean, it's it, every day is a whole new world, and it certainly makes our job easy, doesn't and, and, it? And I believe Peppermint Patty is gone. She's gone, too. Saki. Yes. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, what's She's going on? She's getting a better paying gig, I guess. Well, I guess. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's entertaining. You know, I wonder if they'll have, like, a... You know, a, a reunion at some point and bring all these people back because it's they, it's certainly been entertaining to say the least. And it, like I say, KB, it makes our job so easy. You know, I mean, it's like really, you know, it just can't be true. But sure enough, now you know this it, misinformation gal or disinformation gal. She was the one that said, you know, pay no attention to Hunter Biden's laptop. You know, that's just a, uh, you know, something that the Trumps came up with, right? And she said. Uh, that Trump, you know, not only had one, but two secret email services, servers, servers to communicate with the Russian banks. You know, again, unbelievable. Now, Homeland, Homeland Security says the board has been grossly and intentionally mischaracterized. And it was never about censorship or policing speech in any manner. It wasn't even meant to have operational capability. I love that. So we're going to create a board. We're going to pay this gal all this money, but it's not going to have any operational capability. Well, then why are we doing it? Right? It's like a lot of government agencies. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. You got to step back and say, you know, I wonder if the guys with the 
the shrimp and the treadmill are still in business. <laughs> and the shrimp's got to be getting tired by yeah, now. I guess you so. know. <laughs> in little legs. Yeah. So, you know, even if it's true that, it, you know, this thing was never going to, you know, have this capability, uh, a board like that sounds like a government fact checker. And bottom line is, folks, it was a lousy idea to begin with, and and it blew up in their face, right? Now, you got to ask yourself, why did it take so long for, you know, people to come, you know, for them to finally realize that they'd kind of stepped in it? And why hire Miss Jankowitz, you know, who was a Democratic partisan with a record of defining disinformation as political facts or opinions that just didn't fit with what she wanted to say? So, you know, they had a plan, but it, like I say, it, it went south quick. Now, you know, the question I have is, do we honestly believe that they're not still going to be doing something like this? You know, it's just where they where they screwed up was when they got out there and said something about it. Sure. You know, so now, you know, once everybody found out about it, they said, no, I don't think so. Right. So the whole episode's been kind of a comedy other than that the government was using your hard earned tax dollars, setting up a board that will probably never operate. And, you know, there again, you know, when they said that it'll never have any operational capability, I'm thinking, okay, so you're going to take dollars out of our checks every day, all of you sitting there at work today, and part of your money was going for a board that had no operational capability. Right. Really? You know, I, I don't understand that. So bottom line is this whole thing, you know, you got to ask yourself, was this whole disinformation governance board a good idea? Now, in my opinion, regulators should think carefully about the fallout from these well-intentioned new rules and avoid mistakes of the past because this thing it just it just reeks of history. I mean, it it's 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 just almost too easy, KB. And immediately when I heard about this, I thought about the censorship that ran rampant through Nazi Germany. You know, I mean, as most people don't realize that that Hitler was basically manipulating the media and and the whole scene there in in Germany the what they called the Weimar Republic uh from 1932 up until the war and then once the war started he had complete control but i mean this guy was really good at it i mean people you know people say how in the world you know can people back somebody like an uh, an Adolf Hitler well it was the media. I mean, he did such a good job of getting everybody behind him. They were like, oh, we love this guy. You know, we, we think he's great. He's going to be the best thing since sliced bread, you know. And so he'd hold these gigantic rallies. Um, if you get a chance, get on uh, on YouTube sometime and pull up the Nuremberg rallies, like the Nuremberg trials. Yes. They make they make these concerts nowadays. They make Woodstock look like a, just a handful of people. Yeah, they sure do. You're right. And they'd get together and they'd have these, you know, dancing girls and they'd have bands and they'd have speeches and they'd have, you you name it, parades and everybody. Well, look at the like, facilities they built for oh these things. Oh my gosh, yes. These. It was unbelievable. Uh, yeah, they were, and and I think at one point. That they had even contemplated building some, I mean, these things are bigger than football stadiums. Yes, yes, yeah, huge, absolutely huge. And, and what killed me is is the way it worked was, well, everybody went. They didn't necessarily, you know, they weren't on board with the Nazi party, which is the not National Socialist Party. But what happened was, is everybody and their brother went to it. 
And so if you didn't go, then you go back to work on Monday. And everybody said, you should have been there, man. They had like a hundred dancing girls and they had <laughs> this huge band, you know, and they had planes. And I mean, it was just unbelievable. Well, now here you are. You're the only clown in the whole office that didn't go. And so the next one they'd hold, of course you went. And so there was a lot of that. There was a thing, well, I want to be part of the It's a spectacle, crowd. man. You it have to was. be there. It was, you know. And so what happened was is Hitler saw this and he utilized it. I mean, and, and like I say, you know, as you walk in, they'd hand you a big flag or a banner or something, you know, souvenirs. And it was just an event, you know, you had to go. So here's where we start to see this this ability to manipulate the press and then with it censorship. Because the problem was is that uh, the Nazi party was just another political party, and they were up against all sorts of folks. We, Germany had come out of World War I, and basically the people felt like the government had thrown them under the bus. You know, Because what had happened, as they were fighting the war, they got to within 40 miles of Paris. Yes. And, you know, the newspapers are saying, yay, you know, we're Fatherland, Deutschland, and everybody, we're going to win. And then, lo and behold, they get within 40 miles of Paris. The Americans had shown up. And we stopped them dead in their tracks and reversed the field. And now they're losing. And it gets so bad that eventually the government, they, you know, they basically, Kaiser, he flees. And the temporary government comes in and surrenders. So here you are, you're reading in the paper every day, we're winning, and then you open the paper up the next morning and say, oh, by the way, we lost. <laughs> yeah, what? I thought that they went about it kind of uh, in such a way to make people believe that the war machine was grinding its way through and the propaganda that people were hearing as far as Germany was concerned uh, was nothing but positive, and yeah. I can only imagine what it was like. Uh, let's say on the Russian front there. Oh my God! Yes, when they were getting their uh, tails handed. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and and it was it was it was unbelievable. And then to make matters even worse, you know, so the the Kaiser's fled, the government's collapsed, and you got these temporary guys that come in and just surrendered. And, again, the people have been told all along everything's great, disinformation, right? And bear in mind, the whole time that was going on, uh, they're in the schools, they're teaching the kids fatherland and Deutschland and all this patriotism. Right. So, you know, again, you know, it, it, he's got the whole thing running in the right direction here. And when uh, or the whole thing collapses, when the, the, the empire under the Kaiser collapses and the paper comes out, it's even worse because not only did they surrender, they said, oh, by the way, um, we have to pay for all the damages. Saying, excuse me? Because bear in mind, a lot of people don't realize this, the entire World War One. There was not a battle fought on German soil, not one, okay? So all the damage took place, like in France mm -hmm. and in Belgium, et cetera. So they, part of the deal was is that you got to pay for the damages. And, of course, this government's, you know, this temporary government, they're saying, like, we just want to get out of this whole mess. And so they turned around and said, well, uh, okay, how much is it? I said, well, we don't know. I said, what do you mean you don't know? Well, uh, we need to talk about it. And so they come back and they said, well, we've decided that you're going to pay five billion dollars a year billion and that's 1917 dollars mm -hmm. and i said a year so for how many years well we don't know we're thinking maybe five years and then by then we'll have figured out exactly how much it all costs and we'll hit you with a balloon note so as people are reading the paper they not only find out they lost they found out we got to pay five billion dollars a year 
in what they called reparation. Mm-hmm. And so the people are throwing a tizzy fit. Well, here's this little guy, this this corporal from World War One, who's out on the streets. He's actually, you know, painting postcards and stuff. He's living in a homeless shelter. He sees it, and he realizes, my gosh, it's laying there wide open for somebody to come in. And so he comes in in 32 as head of the Nazi Party and launches his his National Socialist Party, which, like I say, it's just another political party. He's like a Ross Perot. And bingo, everybody jumps on board. And he's so good at it that he eventually winds up becoming the Chancellor of Germany. And this leads us right into World War II. But the key was is he did the whole thing through disinformation. Okay. And so when I saw this with this gal, you know, heading up a disinformation board for us, I thought, be very careful because this this can, you know, disinformation in the right hands can be a very dangerous thing. Now, in addition to all this, you know, like I say, he's leading these, these rallies and doing all this great stuff. The Nazi police dealt with anybody who went outside of these boundaries. Very similar to what this gal was saying. You know, she's saying, you know, if you're a different political party, I'm going to come after you. So that was a huge problem. Okay. Now, the prime, prime mover in censorship was what they called the Minister of Propaganda. And his name was Joseph Goebbels, right? And this guy, you see him all the time when you're watching the old films of Hitler. He's kind of a, he's a bookish little guy. He doesn't look like, you know, what you'd typical Nazi to look like. You know, he's he's your spit and polish kind of, you know, Ivy League looking guy. All right. And he was responsible to see that the German people were fed with material acceptable to the Nazi state. So newspapers and radio and all forms of media were put under the control of the Nazis. They had complete control. And even the film and music industries were controlled by the Nazis. Uh, mu- music by uh, Felix Mendelssohn was banned since he was Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, jazz was also banned. They didn't like that. Can't have that, you know. Even telling jokes about Hitler became a serious offense. Now, think about that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they'd be piping sunlight to you and me, buddy. That's you right. Know? Yeah, and, and we won't even get into the Saturday Night Live bunch, right? So, and if you told a joke and, it, you know, it was offensive to the, to the regime, they sent you off to a concentration camp. You know, yeah, you can think how funny it was when you're standing there smashing rocks and, you know, God only knows where, right? So, not good. Now, censorship was enforced by all kinds of methods. The first, like I say, was the secret police or the local police just came and knocked on your door and you were gone. Second, anyone who wanted to go outside of the desired party norm faced the most serious of consequences. I mean, like I say, you'd just disappear. And third... People in general were expected to report anything unacceptable to their local party chief, okay? Now, here's the catch. If you knew something but didn't report it, you're as guilty as the other guy. You're an accomplice, all right? Now, this is where he he really was brilliant in the way he did it. Because what happened was, is he if you said something, now let's say you're at the, you and I are at a bar and you tell a joke, uh-huh. all right? Well, if I heard you say it and I don't do anything about it, well, now, if word gets back, if somebody else goes and said, yeah, KB told this joke, bingo, KB disappears. He's gone right off the bat. But now what happened is the police would come back and say, who else did KB know? Who who are his guests on the show this week? Mm-hmm. Who's wh- Is his wife still alive? How about his parents? Did he go to classes somewhere? Does, does he have friends at this bar? Everybody got arrested. 
So the whole trick was is if if something like that happens, you want to be the first one to report it and say, it wasn't me, wasn't me. So you're in the clear. And then you turn in all your neighbors. Great. Yes. Isn't that a slick deal? And I'd never turn you in, KB. I appreciate that. It's yeah. a wonder, you know, that they don't come storming in here. Well, you know, I'm I'm sure that you and I are probably on a list somewhere. <laughs> you know, we know we're on both of our wives' lists. Those are those are brutal lists. Too. Yes, yes, you know, sir. but yes, you know, like I say, I thought it was it was interesting in that self policing. Once you get it to the point where you can you can literally have somebody you can call and say this person said this, and you step back out of it and get yourself off the hook, think how scary that is. That's that's terrifying, you know, because then, like I say, they would go at after everybody that you came in association with. Um, like I say, I've promoted a book several times called Bonhoeffer, B-O-N-H-O-E-F-F-E-R. If you're interested in this, it's a great book that talks about living in, in Germany with the rise of this whole censorship thing. And, and I mean, this guy, he was a, a priest. And, uh, you know, when he was a young man living with his parents, uh, you know, he'd say, you know, what happened to the Schwartzes? You know, they just disappeared. They're gone. Right. You know, and so it, it really is. It's fascinating to see how they were able to manipulate this whole system. It's scary. Let's take a uh, quick break here at the bottom of the hour with some information from our friends at lakeexpo.com. Chris Schneider with a check of sports over there on Lake TV. Looks like uh, the Blues are kind of uh, in a position uh, not quite with their backs to the wall, but they need to win the game tonight, and uh, hopefully they will to continue on in uh, in the playoffs. You're listening to The Daily Show here on 89.3 The Key. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, May 23rd. A Camdenton woman was seriously injured last week in a crash on Westwood Drive. 39-year-old Alicia Koch was driving when the vehicle hit an embankment, became airborne, struck another embankment, and came to rest. Koch sustained serious injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. A new cannabis dispensary has just opened in Sunrise Beach. It's called Revolution, and it's the latest of the company's eight dispensaries. It includes an on-site cultivation facility with proprietary strains. Dusty Schroyer, CEO, said they look forward to becoming an integral part of the new community and bringing world-class products to Missouri's medical cannabis patients. Gravoy Mills firefighters battled a two-alarm fire on Monday with the help of fire departments from across the lake area. The fire was at a commercial facility, and when firefighters arrived, it was already serious. They battled the fire for several hours, deploying more than 1,600 feet of supply hose and using more than 100,000 gallons of water. No injuries were reported. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through the generosity of our underwriters, like Victoria Station. Everyone at Victoria Station is excited about the new season. It's a chance to see their friends and show off some new products. Misty Atkinson talks about what they've done to enhance your shopping experience at Victoria Station. We're looking for new products, looking for new categories, new information on new categories, new colors, new design. 
just something unique, something we've not seen, something we've not had in our product mix. So we bought a lot of things we think will look great with what we've already been doing. We added to our nautical product mix. We added to our nautical artwork and furniture and accessories. Um, but we were looking for something unique and, and different. We're still located at 5465 Osage Beach Parkway, just off the Case Road exit. And the best way to find us online is on Facebook at Victoria Station. We are open daily 930 to 5. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. It is back on the ice for the Blues tonight. It is pretty much a must-win game four of their second-round playoff series against Colorado. They're down two games to one, and without goalie Jordan Bennington, he had to leave the last game with an injury after getting run over, and he will be out for the rest of this series with a lower body injury. So the uh, Blues with a big, big game tonight. If they win, the series will be tied at two as they go back to Colorado for game five on Wednesday. Wednesday. If they lose, they'll be down three games to one and not looking good. Busy weekend in golf. Justin Thomas came from seven shots down to win the PGA Championship in a playoff. Rookie Mito Pereira had a double bogey on the final hole to blow the victory. He would have been the first rookie to win a major in 11 years. Tiger Woods withdrew after three rounds after struggling with some health issues. Triple Crown, Kentucky Derby winner Rich Strike did not run in the Preakness Saturday. His owner said he needed more time off after he won the Derby. So a horse named Early Voting held on to win and uh, is a winner of a Triple Crown race. Early Voting held off the favorite Epicenter to win the second leg of the Triple Crown. Epicenter has finished second in both the Derby and the Preakness. So next up, the uh, final uh, race of the Triple Crown, the Belmont, will go June 11th. Softball, the big NCAA tournament off and running. Mizzou hosted a regional, and they lose to Arizona in the championship game. So the season is over for the Lady Tigers. They finish 36-20. and 20. The Lady Tigers did beat uh, MSU twice. The Lady Bears finished their season at 28-20. and 20. They lost to Mizzou in the first round, then beat Illinois Saturday, only to lose again to Mizzou Saturday evening, and that ended the Lady Bears' season. The Mizzou men are done for the year. They uh, won two out of three at Georgia over the weekend, but it wasn't good enough to get them into the SEC tournament, so the Mizzou men's season comes to an end 28 and 23. MSU Bears are 25 and 26. They lost two of three against Bradley over the weekend, but they do qualify for the Valley Tournament where they will play Tuesday afternoon and uh, try to keep their season alive. They play Illinois State. As for the Cardinals, they uh, swept three straight in Pittsburgh over the weekend, winning 18-4 to yesterday. The Royals lose three straight to the Twins over the weekend. They lost 7-6 to yesterday. Hey, you got to check out KB 
on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns, 7, 5, and 11 every single day. Lake TV bringing you five local lake area shows. And don't forget about Uncle Chris at the top of the hour, almost every hour. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, free on Roku, and streaming live 24-7 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part by Skelton Key and Lock. When you're locked out of your home, car, or business, every second counts. You need to be sure that the company you choose will answer the call and get to you as quickly as possible. Skelton Key and Lock offers reliable service, reasonable rates, and they're recommended by everyone. They can cut and program new keys and fobs. They can install new locks on your home, business, or rental property. If you can stick a key in it, chances are it can be serviced by Skelton Key and Lock serving the entire lake area. The Serving Table provides free meals at Key Gathering Place, Wednesdays 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. and Thursdays 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's the continuing mission of Jacob and Carly Lamb to serve people in need. But this is not just about free food. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Spiritual food is as great a need as the meals Jacob prepares, and we need volunteers to join in so the Serving Table can open every day. Learn more at KeyGatheringPlace.com or search Facebook for the serving table. Business, government, history, religion, entertainment, and much more on 89.3 The Key. Right back here at the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors in beautiful downtown Osage Beach, where we have 50 degrees. That's where it uh, seems to be stuck at right here at the moment. Some clouds in there as well. Looking for a high today of 69. Low tonight at 54. We'll have a partly cloudy day, and uh, might we might see some showers uh, later on tonight. And then uh, looks like rain in the forecast for tomorrow, mainly in the afternoon and in the evening. And a high of 71 with a low of 62. 69 on Wednesday. A low of 53 showers in the forecast. A few showers possible on Thursday. High 65, low 54. 75 on Friday, 82 and sunny on Saturday, partly cloudy and 85 on Sunday, Memorial Day, partly cloudy and a high of 86 degrees. So we're getting there. 8.38 is our time. Coming up next hour, I uh, I bank up the road here at uh, First Mid Bank, right? And so I saw there was a lady that had uh, these interesting magnets on the side of her vehicle. And I believe she uh, she trains these dogs, right? So um, the folks over there at uh, <laughs> uh, I just got a text from my wife. She said I just turned the water off again. <laughs> and and let me let me tell you how the story goes. We've got we've got the two cats, right? We've got uh, uh, Hayes and Prince, and they like to sit up next to the sink and watch the birds because the bird feeder is hanging right in front of the kitchen window. So this morning I came out, the freezer door was open, and the water was on. The uh, cat, Hayes, likes to get up on top of the cabinets and have the best view in the house, you know, always looking forward to the higher ground. So he was up there, so I shut the freezer door, and then I turned the water off, and uh, my wife just sent me a text. I told her that's what I did this morning, and she said, funny. I just turned the water off again. So we normally put a, have to put a couple of you know pots over the faucet so that they can't turn the water on. Anyway, 
Debbie Graff is going to be joining us uh, to begin the 9 o'clock hour, and she uh, she works with Boaz, B-O-A-Z. And Boaz is out of the uh, Christ the King Lutheran Church over there on Bagnolam Strip. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they use Boaz as a comfort dog, you know. Nice. <clears throat> Boaz has been put into different uh, situations, and most recently um, to help students who uh, knew a young girl who passed away in an automobile accident here not too terribly long ago. And it was a huge tragedy for the Lake area. And so we're going to talk to her. And then we're going to talk to Karen Hicks Clopton, who is running for uh, Camden County, uh, I believe, circuit clerk. Hmm. So the uh, the election will be coming up uh, soon. And so we are going to be talking with uh, Karen in the 9 o'clock hour as well. 8.40 is our time. Jim Paisley, Professor Jim Paisley. TrueHistoryProfessor.com is the website, by the way, if you'd like to check it out. And uh, he is uh, on with us on Key Radio. Excuse me. He'll also be on with us on uh, Wednesday on Lake TV. And I I don't know what we'll be talking about, but uh, you never know. So tune in. He'll, uh, we do all the, uh, the shoots and everything on Wednesday and the new show will air on Thursday. So he'll actually be on as part of the new show coming up this Thursday. And I thank you very much for your participation, looking forward, sir. Looking forward to it. And I would like to also issue this uh, little APB. If you would like to sponsor the good professor, you can get a hold of him at truehistoryprofessor.com or get a hold of me at uh, KBS F R E E six, five at gmail.com KB's free. 65 at gmail.com, or you can also use kb at mylaketv.com, so whatever you'd like to do there. Talking disinformation, talking about this, uh, and, and here's the thing with this. They, again, are not beating around the bush. They're not trying to hide. Uh, you know, it's like taking your poker hand, and rather than dealing in the cards face mm-hmm. down, you deal them face up. Right. And so more and more and more and more of this is going on. And a disinformation governance board, which was developed to help, you know, thwart any issues that, uh, you know, might uh, might be related to national security, mm-hmm. or so they say. So they say. But uh, much like the Patriot Act, mm-hmm. it's, oh, look, there's a little bit of room. Let's see if we can get our foot in the door. Exactly. And once we get our foot in the door, we'll kick it wide open, because now... Homeland Security is going after people in the homeland. Yes. Uh, much like the fatherland. Yep. Uh, yep. Very yeah. much so. You see the significance? You see the similarities there? Yeah. You see why we need to be watching these folks every minute of every day and not just let them sit up in Washington, D.C. and do whatever the heck they want? Why we need to be very active in talking with our uh, representatives, uh, our senators, and making sure that they send a clear a clear-cut message to these uh, these folks saying no 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 right you know right you, you folks have got this backwards we're in charge you work for us yeah well and what's so funny about that KB is is you bring up a great point you know that it's the misinformation that really you know and the comparisons you know I, I like I say I'll sit there sometimes and watch the news and think. Gosh, I've heard this before, you know, and it, it's part of what I what I taught when I was teaching at, at the college. Think about this. Censorship under the German regime, under the Nazis, basically the Nazis had the German public in their grip, and they bombarded them on a regular basis 
with how their lives had been improved from the day that Hitler became Germany's leader. Now, I was sitting there the other day watching them tell me how good things are right now. Mm -hmm. I was watching Biden, and he's on there saying, oh, you know, there's no inflation, and, you know, everything's going good. Look at the economy. Look at look at the employment rates. Look at the, you know, stock market. Yeah, right. You know, so on a daily basis, they're telling us how wonderful things are. Yet I know all you listeners out there are sitting there saying, good grief, it cost me $75 to fill my car yesterday, and a pack of hamburger is, you know what, you know, I mean, it's, so while they're telling us that things are wonderful, you know, we're sitting out here living in the real world going, what planet are they on, right? Well, and that's exactly the same thing that, that Hitler and his people did. The only, the only thing we're missing right now is we're not getting the big rallies. You know, at least they could turn around and have dancing girls and a band and everything, and we could get together on the weekends. But Well, we've got political prisoners, too. There's people that, uh, yes. you know, were involved in that, uh, quote-unquote, insurrection on January the 6th of uh, 2021 that are doing time. Still locked up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I mean, I just found it, find it fascinating. Now, I was thinking about this, and I thought, I remember a quote by by Hitler, where he actually talked about how stupid the people are and how he could do this. Well, and I, and I found it, and this was actually in Hitler's Mein Kampf. In Mein Kampf, folks, it, it just simply translates my struggle. That's what he called it. And I'll just give it to you. Here's what Hitler said. He said, the chief function of propaganda is to convince the masses whose slowness, slowness of understanding needs to be given time in order that they may absorb information. So they're stupid, okay? You got to, you know, it takes them a long time to catch on. And the only and only constant repetition will finally succeed in imprinting an idea on their mind. The slogan must of course be illustrated in many ways and from several angles, but in the end one must always return to the assertion of the same formula. One will be rewarded by the surprising and almost incredible results that such a personal policy secures. In other words, Keep telling them things are good. Now, folks, <laughs> did you watch any of this? Have you been paying attention? They keep telling us things are great. Not a problem, yeah. right? And, I mean, I sat there, and I, when, when this was happening, I thought, oh, my gosh. You know, this is, this is right out of the playbook. It, it's perfect. You know, and, and, you know, everybody keeps saying, well, you know, they, you know it's not going to work. Look at it. You know, yeah, they're, they're sitting there telling us things are wonderful, but, you know, I know better. And Yeah, but look, the system has worked throughout history. You just keep pounding in people's heads and everything's okay. And, you know, God, you don't want to let somebody else get in here because I'm here for you. I'm taking care of you. And here we are. Great job. Yes, yes. Great job. Now, another thing that came out, uh, another quote that I found while I was doing this was uh, the propaganda minister, Goebbels, I talked about, in... 1933, bear in mind, 33, this is way before the war broke out. This is when the Nazis are coming to power. Goebbels says our way of taking power and using it would have been inconceivable without the radio and the airplane. So, again, what happened now is in the 30s, technology was coming to the forefront. Now, think about it. When you leap forward to 2022, technology now 
you know, with Twitter and podcasts and, you know, the, you know, cable news and all this. I mean, Hitler would have had a field day if he could have had access to what we've got today. And cameras everywhere. Yes, yes. And, you know, can you imagine if everybody in Nazi Germany had a cell phone? You know, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, and and they saw the technology and utilized it. And that's exactly what we're seeing today. History is repeating itself. Okay. Now, you can imagine, you know, if Hitler would have been able to get a hold of social media like we have in our pockets right now. Okay. Now, Goebbels was not saying that the Nazis had used both the radio and the television to come to power. Rather, he said that the airplane actually helped the nazis take power because they could go around for these rallies and fly from point a to point b but the radio helped keep it and there is the key okay now in the history of radio and particularly how it is regulated in in interwar germany it's more relevant than ever now five years ago the question was whether we would regulate social media now the question is simply how and when will we regulate them right i mean it's a it's a foregone conclusion now as pol- politicians and regulators in, in places as different as berlin singapore and washington and even facebook founder zuckerberg consider how best to regulate all this we should think carefully about the fallout from well-intentioned new rules and avoid the mistakes of the past now here's something to think about because as we're trying to come up with things like disinformation boards and so on and so forth, okay, that's great. But in the hands of a ne'er-do-well, okay, you pass a law and say, okay, it's the government's responsibility to come in here and have control of the media. Well, now, you know, that's all fine and good if you've got somebody that's, that's policing it correctly. But what happens when you change regimes and somebody else comes in? And that's exactly, folks, what happened when Germany with the radio, okay? Now, Goebbels, as soon as he comes to power with Hitler, he exercised his power and took control of the radio, all right? Now, state control over radio had been intended to defend democracy. In other words, the regulations that the government had under the Weimar Republic before Hitler came to power, they actually wanted to get as many people on the radio as they could so you could give different opinions. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was well-intentioned. And they said, the problem is we can't have just somebody like a a Hitler come in here and do whatever he wants, you know, because at the time there were like five or six political parties. There was a Catholic centrist party who, you know, basically pushed the religious side of it. There was a group that wanted to have the Kaiser back. There was a group that wanted to have a parliamentary form of government. There were socialists, which were the Nazis, and there were communists. And so what was happening is that any one group would dominate the radio waves, and the government passed a law and said, no, everybody has equal access to get in here. And so we're going to restrict it by saying, communists, you've had too much time on the radio, or socialists, you've had too much time, or Catholics, you have. And once they passed that law that said the government has control, guess what happened? By the time Hitler comes in, he just utilized the existing law to take control. Absolutely. It's scary stuff, isn't it? Well, it's like I said, you know, when they created the Patriot Act, uh, everybody was paranoid and fearful of another terrorist attack. On United States soil, they uh, pretty much uh, set things up for where we are today. And when you hear them refer to people as domestic terrorists, uh, you know, those people that go to the uh, school board meeting and, right. and are a little irritated about what little Johnny and little Janie are learning. Yeah. 
And you've got somebody like the uh, Attorney General with the DOJ saying, uh, uh, maybe we need to send uh, the FBI to some of these school board meetings if things are getting out of uh, out of whack. But here's here again uh, is the problem. These are elected people. These school board members are elected. Mm-hmm. You know, they're elected to the school board by mm-hmm. the public. Mm-hmm. And so if the public doesn't like something, then the public should be able to uh, air their grievances with these people. You, you know, you don't have to go in and, and be an idiot. Mm. But I don't see when you have local law enforcement in place why you would need the FBI right. to come in and be a part of this uh, at all. Merrick Garland, I mean, the memo, and, and I will. I think I'll always remember this date, October the 4th is the day he released that memo and said, you know, school board meetings are places where people should go, just sit down, shut up, and listen. You know, don't don't yeah. <laughs> don't engage the school board. Right. Don't let the school board know that you're not happy with the way things are going. And then it wasn't too long after that when they were having the governor's race in Virginia that the comment was made that parents don't need to be so involved in, the, uh, yeah. in their child's education which was backed up yet again by the secretary of the Department of Education, who said, you know, you really don't need to be as involved as you think you do in your kid's education. Well, any parent who does not get involved in their child's education is uh, certainly missing the boat as to the things that the schools are trying to implement. And maybe not so much the schools, but the federal government working with the Department of Education Mm -hmm. is trying to implement all of these things. So... Everything that you have touched on, mm-hmm. there is something similar right. going on right here, right now in these United States. And a disinformation governance board, in my opinion, is nothing more than you know uh, the propaganda arm exactly of of this of this government. And and as I said earlier, uh, this administration, this president, who whether or not he's in charge, we're still not sure, but whoever is behind the scenes pulling the strings is very open, very honest about what they plan on doing and how they plan on going about it. And I think the goal is to finally crash this economy, turn around, and then step in and say, well, okay, folks, things are at an all-time low, and so the government needs to come in, as we always think, or they think that they do, and, uh, you know, start regulating things to the degree where... uh, with the baby formula thing, for example. Great example. Uh, th- this was something that happened last year that nobody was paying attention to. And now, guess what? We've got this big crisis on our hands. We just received, uh, what did they say, 70,000 tons or something along Enough the lines for a of, week. Uh, of baby uh, formula. Yeah. And it's going to get to the point, folks, where I think we'll see rationing. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they decide to implement martial law. And and, and well, while we sit here and talk about this, everybody goes, no, no, this is United States. It could never happen. You know, you, uh, you're sitting at home right now listening to us, wherever you're at. We're losing our freedoms and our liberty a little at a time each and every day. And the funny thing is, is what do they always talk about uh Someone taking control and not a shot is even fired. Right. Well, and, and, and you've you've hit the nail on the head again, KB. Think about this: the, the baby formula thing. What did we do? You know, when it, okay, oh my God, you know, babies are going to starve to death and all. And so, what, what did we do? We turned to who? The government. Yeah. And the military. And what did the we government do? Scarier. Yeah. You know, and then 
you know, when we had the, you know, when the gas thing all started, who did we turn to first? The government. Well, we'll go to the strategic oil reserves. Think about that. What they're doing is they are slowly but surely, you know, teaching us that, oh, when things go to hell in a handbasket, who do you turn to? You know, it, not, you know, you don't, we're, we're already getting to the point we are so dependent on the government, you know, to fix things that, I mean, what happened to us? We, there was a time when we'd fix things ourselves. And now, you know, it, even big business, they're scared to death of the government. And so where you want to tell me that that company that makes the baby formula and they've came in and already proven mm-hmm. that they weren't in violation of anything. It was just government regulations. You know, we found water on the floor or something that, you know, in back in the day, do you think Andrew Carnegie or Rockefeller would have turned around and said, oh, well, yeah, let me shut my plant down and we won't make any more. <laughs> yeah. You know, really? Are you kidding me? You know, back in the day, they said, well, I'm tell you what I'm going to do here, Mr. Government Inspector. You've got about four minutes to get off my property, or, you know, or you're going to be in the next batch of baby food. You know, I mean, that's the way it used to work. And now everybody is dependent on the government. And, oh, well, we don't want to offend the government. We don't want to do anything that might possibly, you know, bring down the wrath of the government on us. Isn't it amazing? Well, a large part of this started years and years and years ago when they started developing all of these government bodies, these government agencies, things well outside uh, the Constitution. And then they started implementing rules and regulations, a little at a time, little at a time, little at a time, to the point where we are now. And so, yeah, you go up against the government, and the government is going to shut you down. Yes. So we can send, you know, baby formula to the Ukraine, and we can send uh, baby formula to the southern border, where they're, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm I'm sure they're handing it out like, oh, welcome to America. Right. Uh, Welcome to the United States. Anyway, but... um, And those people are going to be very, they're happy. They love this government. And they're, uh, I guess they're getting a little antsy about uh, Title 42 not happening fast yeah, enough. Exactly. Are being pulled fast enough. And so uh, uh, they're just coming on into the country. They say, well, you know, it's going to happen eventually. Uh, we, we might as well come in anyway. Nothing to see here. No. <laughs> and then you've got the Disinformation Governance Board. We will tell you what it is that you need to hear. We will tell you that everything is fine. Everything is wonderful. And, uh, you know, with a flip of a switch, guess what? We are in complete and total control of every aspect of your life. How much money you can withdraw if you go to an ATM or into your bank. We will tell you how much fuel you can have. We will tell you how much food you can have. What will teach your kids in school. Exactly. And you cannot do thing one about it. Well, didn't we just leave a situation a little over 200 years ago that was, you know, very same thing. Yep. Wanting to to get some independence. I keep telling people, as far as I'm concerned, Jim Jim Coda is is not out of <laughs> uh, not out of the realm of possibilities. Your son is 43, by the way. 43. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Close enough. I got your. Uh, okay. I got a got a text. Well, there's two of them. I get him confused. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But we are just about kind of looks like me. Yeah, well, that's always a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't look like the mailman. <laughs> um, so we're just about up against the clock, and and I will say that uh, yeah, join 
Uh, professor Paisley later in the week with me over on Lake TV will be uh, discussing uh, whatever the good professor would like to we discuss. May pick this up again. We aren't done yet. We got a lot more. I, I you know, and, and uh, I think that's good. I yeah. think that is, is is great. And I think that what we need to be doing here is paying attention, folks, and learning how to be uh, responsible. Uh, self-reliant, yeah. taking care of ourselves and our families, because when it, it hits the fan, and it will, I say it all the time, everybody's going to be standing around, you know, what do I do, what do I do, what do I do? Well, uh, by that time, the government will have uh, figured out a way to invade every aspect of your life, and it... Uh, well, and your grand grandkids are going to be looking at you like we look at the people back then and say... What in the hell were you thinking? <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> it was right there in front of you. It did nothing, right? Yeah, I know. Absolutely true. Jim, thank you so much as always, sir. I appreciate thank you. your time. It was fun today. You it, gave me a lot of n- new ideas on this very topic. Well, too. and I, I, I think, you know, why do we always talk about history the way that we do? Because history has a tendency of repeating itself, yeah, absolutely. Folks. And if you don't think that what's going on isn't something that you should be concerned about, well, then I guess you're okay. And and see, that's that's the aspect of it. The people that are okay with government, they'll probably do a little bit better than those folks who really are kind of concerned about all Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It is 9 o'clock on the Midwest Coast, folks. We're going to step aside. Stacy Johnson has a check of local news with LakeExpo.com. Chris Schneider from Lake TV will look at sports. We will talk with uh, Debbie Graff and Karen Hicks-Klopton coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. And uh, we hope that you stick around because a lot of good information is on the way on The Daily Show here on Key Radio. You're listening to Community Radio for the Lake of the Ozarks. 89.3 KEYK Oak Stage Beach, Missouri. I'm Stacy Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, May 23rd. A Camdenton woman was seriously injured last week in a crash on Westwood Drive. 39-year-old Alicia Koch was driving when the vehicle hit an embankment, became airborne, struck another embankment, and came to rest. Koch sustained serious injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. A new cannabis dispensary has just opened in Sunrise Beach. It's called Revolution, and it's the latest of the company's eight dispensaries. It includes an on-site cultivation facility with proprietary strains. Dusty Schroyer, CEO, said they look forward to becoming an integral part of the new community and bringing world-class products to Missouri's medical cannabis patients. Gravoy Mills firefighters battled a two-alarm fire on Monday with the help of fire departments from across the lake area. The fire was at a commercial facility, and when firefighters arrived, it was already serious. They battled the fire for several hours, deploying more than 1,600 feet of supply hose and using more than 100,000 gallons of water. No injuries were reported. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Portions of the programming on Key Radio are made possible through a generous donation from lakeexpo.com. Lakeexpo.com is a locally owned daily news website connecting residents, second homeowners, visitors, and the boating community to the Lake of the Ozarks. Lake Expo features real estate and boats for sale, upcoming events at the lake, and their exclusive boating club, X-Toe. 
Download the free Lake Expo app on the App Store and Google Play. LakeExpo.com, the lake's trusted news source. Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. It is back on the ice for the Blues tonight. It is pretty much a must-win game four of their second-round playoff series against Colorado. They're down two games to one, and without goalie Jordan Bennington, he had to leave the last game with an injury after getting run over, and he will be out for the rest of this series with a lower body injury. So the uh, Blues with a big, big game tonight. If they win, the series will be tied at two as they go back to Colorado for game five on Wednesday. Wednesday. If they lose, they'll be down three games to one and not looking good. Busy weekend in golf. Justin Thomas came from seven shots down to win the PGA Championship in a playoff. Rookie Mito Pereira had a double bogey on the final hole to blow the victory. He would have been the first rookie to win a major in 11 years. Tiger Woods withdrew after three rounds after struggling with some health issues. Triple Crown, Kentucky Derby winner Rich Strike did not run in the Preakness Saturday. His owner said he needed more time off after he won the Derby. So a horse named Early Voting held on to win and uh, is a winner of a Triple Crown race. Early Voting held off the favorite Epicenter to win the second leg of the Triple Crown. Epicenter has finished second in both the Derby and the Preakness. So next up, the uh, final uh, race of the Triple Crown, the Belmont, will go June 11th. Softball, the big NCAA tournament off and running. Mizzou hosted a regional, and they lose to Arizona in the championship game. So the season is over for the Lady Tigers. They finish 36-20. and 20. The Lady Tigers did beat uh, MSU twice. The Lady Bears finished their season at 28-20. and 20. They lost to Mizzou in the first round, then beat Illinois Saturday, only to lose again to Mizzou Saturday evening, and that ended the Lady Bears' season. The Mizzou men are done for the year. They uh, won two out of three at Georgia over the weekend, but it wasn't good enough to get them into the SEC tournament, so the Mizzou men's season comes to an end 28-23. and 23. MSU Bears are 25-26. and 26. They lost two of three against Bradley over the weekend, but they do qualify for the Valley Tournament where they will play Tuesday afternoon and uh, try to keep their season alive. They play Illinois State. As for the Cardinals, they uh, swept three straight in Pittsburgh over the weekend, winning 18-4 to yesterday. The Royals lose three straight to the Twins over the weekend. They lost 7-6 to yesterday. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns, 7, 5, and 11 every single day. Lake TV bringing you five local lake area shows. And don't forget about Uncle Chris at the top of the hour, almost every hour. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, free on Roku, and streaming live 24-7 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Portions of our programming on Key Radio made possible thanks to Lake TV. Lake TV is your hometown local TV station featuring 
Cup of Coffee with Will and Chris, What's Burning with KB, Live High School Sports, Real Estate, Dining, Boating, and of course, the annual Lake of the Ozarks Shootout, Lake TV, on Como Connect, Channel 90, Roku, YouTube, Facebook and Instagram, and of course, online at MyLakeTV.com. If it's happening at the lake, it's happening on Lake TV. She's a former Camdenton resident, Hollywood actress, and pop culture expert. Tina Griffin helps parents safely navigate the current pop culture chaos. Know how to create a healthy media diet for your family and live as a counterculture warrior. Listen to the Counterculture Mom Show Fridays and Sundays at 5 a.m., 1 p.m., and 9 p.m. on Key Radio, 89.3 FM. The Lake of the Ozarks Community Radio Station. You're listening to 89.3, The Key. Good morning, it is 9.09. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us. I have got to say one thing right now. Uh, you got to make sure when you got your mic on that you're not singing to the national anthem like I was doing there. 51 degrees. We are broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors, where uh, my... My wonderful pal, my, my buddy, Lightning the Wonder Dog, is interacting with Star the Wonder Dog because these two are actually going to be buds for a while. They're going to be roommates. They're going to be hanging out together. And how ironic is it that we've got somebody on the phone with us that uh, works with animals as well? Maybe she can give uh, give me some pointers and we'll talk with uh, Debbie Graff here in just a moment. Uh, just a quick check of the weather forecast. 51 degrees, looking for a high today of 69, low tonight of 54. We might see uh, some rain uh, a little bit uh, overnight. Slight chance of rain. Uh, again, 71 the high on uh, Tuesday with some showers in the forecast. Afternoon, evening showers. Showers in 70 on Wednesday. Showers in 64 on Thursday. Partly cloudy in 75 on Friday. And then we've got the big weekend coming up, sunny and 82 on Saturday, partly cloudy and 85 on Sunday, and partly cloudy and 86 on Monday. This will be a, a true way to gauge the gas prices when we find out how many folks are coming in town and filling up their vehicles and filling up their boats. Maybe they're 
I don't know, their ATVs if you do that sort of thing and bring that uh, with you to town as well. There's places around here, obviously, where you can go and enjoy that sort of thing. But, uh, again, a real, 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 real gut check, if you will, as to what our season may be like as we uh, take a peek at uh, the gas prices, which actually have gone down a little bit. I don't know if that's much relief to people or not, or they changed their mind about uh, their travel habits or not, but uh, certainly we shall see. We shall see in the uh, coming days as we uh, get close to a three-day weekend here at the Lake of the Ozarks. Debbie Graff is my guest, and uh, Debbie, I ran into her the other day. I was uh, doing some banking, and I happened to notice her vehicle, and on her vehicle, I uh, noticed some interesting, I, I guess they're, they're like magnets on there, advertising, uh, well, what she does. And uh, she is joining us here this morning on Key Radio, and in particular, The Daily Show. And uh, Debbie, good morning to you. How are you this morning? Morning, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We're doing good. Absolutely. And and tell folks a little bit more because you are you are the the best marketing tool that you have right now. So if you uh if you would tell us a little bit about what you do because I know it, it it's something that's very 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 fascinating and and can help out in a lot of different situations. Well, so I am in charge of a ministry, an outreach ministry for right. Christ the King um, in Lake Ozark, and it is called the LCC K9 Comfort Dog Ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a nationwide program. There's about any given day 120 or so of these dogs placed across the, the country. Um, we are very blessed to have our boy Boaz. Um, he is. He joined us a couple of years ago, right. and so we have begun working with him, reaching out. It, it, it is something that you'd be surprised how uh, an animal can help in a particular situation and how an animal can calm someone and uh, maybe allow them to relax a little bit if they need to talk or if they uh, just need to uh, have a companion around for uh, a given amount of time so as to make them, you know, feel safe. I, 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 I tell you, um, just personally, we had three dogs at, uh, at one point in our lives. My wife and I had our, our three dogs, uh, Shiloh and Teddy and, and Cinnamon. And as they got older, of course, they crossed the Rainbow Bridge, as we say. And uh, we, we got a few cats along the way now. But uh, about a month, almost two months ago, we uh, adopted a dog from a, an animal shelter, Ozark's Cat and Canine. And I don't know about anybody else, but having him around, his name is Lightning, and, and he's such a great companion. He follows me everywhere. As a matter of fact, he's on property here uh, at uh, at the studio, and he's he's right now, he's intermingling with another dog because uh, th- these two are going to be buds for about four or five days while my wife and I go on vacation. So it's it's really comforting. And, and the whole purpose of, I guess, having the, uh, the comfort dog is to obviously make people comfortable. What types of situations, Debbie, do you, uh, do you use Boaz? Uh, I know there was one here recently, a young girl who uh, was involved in a, a car accident and lost her life. And I guess uh, you brought Boaz in to, uh, to work with some of the students that knew her or just needed somebody to talk to. 
Yes, we did. Um, <clears throat> we spent a couple of days or a day and a half at School of the Osage. And the first day, we were actually there the whole day. And it was amazing to watch the change in these students from when we first arrived until the end of the day. Um, they could love on Boaz and they could, you know, cry into his fur or whatever. And we always like to say that Boaz never tells secrets. So they can talk to him and um, he really, really made a, a big difference in that instance. And he also joined them for the funeral um, that following Monday as well and continued to do that same work. So that was amazing. Um, routinely, we are going to nursing homes. Um, we go to Lake Regional to their cancer center and visit those getting chemo. Um, some schools, we definitely do some schools. We honor our first responders, our law enforcement, um, basically those types of things. We brought him home in the middle of the pandemic. So for the first six months, we really had no place to go. But um, we learned to do virtual visits. So Boaz can actually do a Zoom meeting now. Wow. That is so cool. <laughs> you can get the dog on video, uh, video camera someplace and uh, and send send him out wherever. And you don't have to leave the comfort of your own home. But I'll, I'll tell you what, it, it's just amazing. And, and I always go back to that commercial where you see the little girl and she's laying in the hospital bed and the nurse comes in and says, it's time for your treatment. And the girl gets a little bummed out. She said, but we're going to try something different this time. And here comes this beautiful dog into the room, puts his head on the bed, and the little girl lights up. And you can see how much more comfortable she is dealing with the treatment now that she's got this uh, comfort dog in her room with her. And I can imagine what it must be like to see the dog go in and, and really everybody just kind of lightens up because uh, who doesn't love a dog? You know what I mean? Who doesn't love a dog? Right, right. And in fact, I got tickled one day at, at the cancer center. Um, this lady who he had visited with every Thursday said, I told my nurses that my chemo day is my favorite day of the week wow. because Boaz is here. Oh. Now, who can say that? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is very true. That that really uh, that really stresses the impact that this dog has on people to where you go for chemo and uh, the dog's there, and it, it really, I don't know necessarily if the person enjoys the treatment, but they certainly enjoy being around Boaz, and Boaz is uh, is definitely uh, a game changer when it comes to chemotherapy treatments. Wow, that is, that's, that's very impressive. So how did you get involved, Debbie, with all of this, and uh, uh, do you train the animals? So what, what is the, uh, what is the, the, the the situation that you're in regarding Boaz? So to start the program, I, honestly, it showed up on my Facebook one day several years ago, and I had never heard of a comfort dog. So I did a little research and presented it to our pastors. And after some negotiation and back and forth, because this is a big program, um, and it takes a lot of people, we decided we would go ahead. So it takes about two and a half to three years to complete the program and bring the dog here. Mm -hmm. So while we're doing that, he is receiving about 2,000 hours of training. Wow. Um, he trains with professional trainers. 
He also is fostered in different homes um, with volunteers so that they learn that they can go to different people's homes and they learn to work with different people because mm-hmm. that's very important. Um, I have an entire team of handlers, so we all handle him exactly the same by knowing his commands. So that's pretty much how it happened. And um, then, of course, we were due to to go to Chicago when he was ready and the pandemic hit. So we got about three delays and then he finally came here. And then we spent even more time training with him here and having him learn his church, his home, his secondary home, all of those types of things. And just get to know and trust us because we always have to have his back when we're out in the community. Absolutely. And that makes sense. Uh, do you have to go through any kind of uh, uh, continued education, uh, as they call it, I guess, where, uh, you know, you're always having to learn uh, uh, some new methods or, you know, do you get to a point where you've pretty much learned it all and then you just uh, work alongside a Boaz? H- how, does that, uh, how does that all come together? Well, we do have a lot of support from Lutheran Church Charities, which is our umbrella organization. Mm -hmm. So if we're having an issue with him, because let's face it, they're still dogs and they like to do dog things. (laughs) If we we run into a problem, then they will help us. Uh Um, We also get together at least once a year and sometimes twice, um, and they'll send a trainer and we'll get together with like the dogs of Missouri. And so um, we'll all get together. We'll have use of that trainer. And so that, those are really um, important for him. And we constantly train. My team is required to train with him between three and five hours a week. And that's in addition to any visits that they take him on. That's, it's a lot of time commitment. Yeah. Um, but that's what makes him good is our commitment to him. Now, as far as using him in different situations, does he have like a, a little downtime where he gets just he just gets to be Boaz and he gets to hang out and he doesn't have to? Because I would imagine there are some situations that are uh, as stressful for human beings as they would be for a uh, for a dog in 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 some instances. And you know, does he get a little time off, a little vacation once in a while? Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> Whenever he's at home, he is not wearing his vest and he lives with me mm-hmm. so i see him i see him be a completely goofy dog Good. a lot of the time but once you put that vest on him he knows he's working um and then we have they get what's called a paycheck when they're finished working so <laughs> the person who handles him for that particular event uh-huh. uh, after it's all done they can either go back to their house or to the church or wherever and he gets a paycheck, which is one of two things, and that is either about 10 minutes of just playing ball, which is, it, that is his world, he loves to play ball, or if it's been a very active um, event, like we were in a parade or something, then we would give him a massage. So oh, he really? gets paid for the work he does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He gets a, he's got his own masseuse. He gets a rub down after, uh, after being in, in a situation like a parade or something where I guess he would obviously be doing a lot of walking and you don't know how far that's going to be. Are there certain breeds of dogs, uh, that you use uh, in particular as opposed to, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe some breeds work out a little bit better than others. Uh, can you, can you, uh, tell us uh, how that works? Well, and. Um- 
when the program started, they did try different breeds. They tried rescue dogs, etc. But what they really found was they got the most consistency from golden retrievers. Mm-hmm. And if you notice on TV, often a dog, a large dog, will be a golden retriever if, as an actor. Um, so they only use goldens at this point. They have they range from everywhere from what. Boaz is called an English cream, so he's basically white, all the way to a dark red color um, that looks more like an Irish setter. So they are all golden retrievers, and there are, because they use uh, set breeders, then there's four or five different ones, they will have maybe siblings or half-siblings sometimes that are in the program. Um, Boaz has a brother who is in the program, and he's He's um, placed up in the Chicago area. Okay. So, um, but they look identical. You can't hardly tell them apart. So, I ask you, do they stay so in anyway, touch? So that's where they went. Well, actually, we got them together in February. We were all in Chicago for training. And right. So, yes, they actually saw each other. So, yep, every once in a while. That's incredible. That's and and what a life uh, Boaz must lead must must lead as far as you know getting out and providing comfort to people and and have you you talk about the lady who uh, who said you know chemo is her favorite day of the week on Thursdays because she gets to see Boaz. Are there, do you, can you recall any other situations, and we, we don't have to give names or anything like that, obviously, but where uh, when when Boaz was brought into the situation, he really, 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 really helped someone or a group of people. You mentioned the students and the lady um, that, you know, has chemotherapy, but uh, any other situation that really sticks out in your mind as far as uh, Boaz being involved and, and how he really had a hand in, in changing things? Um, honestly, (laughs) there's so many, I'd have to stop and think. He definitely, we had a, a a young man who lost his father, um, and he was, you know, he, he would spend some time with Boaz. We had a reading program and, um, with our school King's Academy. And if the, if the child had met the teacher's reading goals for them, then they were allowed 15 minutes of free time to come up and just read with Boaz, and it would just be them and Boaz. And a couple of times, there was no reading done, but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it really helped that chi- It really helped that child oh, that's wonderful. to open up or be calm when they were having a bad day, that kind of a thing. So, yes, he definitely does that. Now, do you seek these groups and organizations out or do they reach out to you debbie as far as uh, bringing boaz to let's say uh, a cancer treatment or to a school or wherever boaz may be needed well we don't go where we aren't invited so um the big thing that we worked on before we had him was getting out the word that we were going to have this program but what i can tell you is it's very hard to sell a program with a dog Right. So we um, we ended up finally just waiting until the pandemic got a little better, and we gave out information, let them meet Boaz, and it has just grown from there. I don't market anything anymore. It just comes to us. Let's talk about the name Boaz. How did you end up giving this particular dog the name Boaz? Well, we don't name them. They come... (laughs) 
excuse me, as soon as they are 12 weeks old, if they are look appropriate for the program, they put them in, uh-huh. they get a name and a Bible verse. And Boaz is actually a gentleman, is a man from the Bible, uh-huh. and he helped to save a family of women who didn't have a provider any longer. Hmm. And so he was their redeemer. So that's where his name comes from, from the book of Ruth. So Boaz is, is a, a savior of sorts because he goes into certain situations. And, you know, I remember years ago, um, a family had a, uh, had a young child who just wouldn't really open up to anyone, wouldn't do anything with anybody, and was very, uh, was an introvert, uh, was uh, just didn't like to do anything, really. I mean, he had brothers and sisters, but he just was kind of off to himself, and they brought in a comfort dog to to see if that would change how this child uh, would react, and Obviously, as soon as the young boy saw the dog, they were like fast friends to the point where <laughs> the parents begged and pleaded with the handler to uh, let them have the dog. And the handler was like, well, I can't, you know, we, we, we use this dog for other projects as well and to see other people. <clears throat> well, the parents went to the people who, you know, had the program in place and um, they ended up getting the dog for this little boy and this little boy changed his whole uh-huh. life, his whole direction. So we know how important these comfort animals are. And, uh, I will say this much that if you want to see Boaz that, uh, on Wednesday, much like professor Paisley, uh, Debbie and Boaz and, uh, another, uh, I guess another one of your team members is going to come in over at Lake TV and we're going to, we're going to do a shoot with Boaz so that everybody can see, how he is and, and what he does, and maybe we can kind of put him through his paces a little bit and have some fun. And uh, I guess I wanted to ask you as well, Debbie, uh, what about uh, if there are people out there that would like to contact you as far as Boaz is concerned, how can they do that? The, we have several ways. Uh-huh. He is on Facebook, and they can send a message to me through there. Um, I, I manage his Facebook at Boaz Comfort Dog. Um, and he has an email as well, which is, um, do you want me to read it for you? That would be great. Okay. It's Boaz9 and then comfort.org. But, and let, that will also come to me. If you would, if you would read that again, we lost you for just a second there while you were reading the email oh, address. Sure. Okay. It's Boaz, B-O-A-Z, mm-hmm. at a9comfort.org. All right. Very good. Well, I wrote that down in case anyone would like to uh, get a hold of Debbie and, uh, again, have an opportunity to work with Boaz. And as I said, Boaz will be uh, shooting with us on uh, Wednesday at Lake TV and the new show, uh, What's Burning, comes out on Thursday. So you'll have an opportunity to see Boaz. Uh, I think a gentleman by the name of David Crane, I, I think you've heard that name before. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, um, David, uh, we were going to get Boaz in the studio over at uh, the other station that I worked at, but uh, for some 
reason we didn't make that happen. But I, I just wanted to take a moment here this morning and thank you for uh, being available to us to talk about Boaz. And, of course, uh, we're going to get to see him on Wednesday and hang out with him a little bit. And thank you for that. And thank you to all of your team members. And, of course, thank you to Boaz for being a willing participant in all of this. And I appreciate you spending some time with us this morning here on The Daily Show. Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing you on Wednesday. Very good. Thank you, Debbie. That is uh, Debbie Graff. And Debbie works there very closely, obviously, with Boaz. And Boaz has been uh, a game changer in uh, in the lives of children as well as uh, adults, cancer patients and the like. And so if you would like to maybe talk uh, to Debbie about having Boaz uh, visit someone or a group, that uh, could uh, use a little pick-me-up, well, guess what? I'm sure he would be available, and they can make arrangements to do just that. Karen Hicks-Clopton is going to be joining me in studio here after the break. She is running for uh, the office of uh, Circuit Clerk of Camden County, and we will find out a little bit more about her and why she would like you to vote for her after we take care of uh, uh, some information. Stacy Johnson with LakeExpo.com, Chris Schneider with the Check of Sports, and, of course, Uncle Chris, the master of disaster with uh, Lake TV. 931, it's The Daily Show on the Key. Stacey Johnson, and this is your Lake Expo News Cut for Monday, May 23rd. A Camdenton woman was seriously injured last week in a crash on Westwood Drive. 39-year-old Alicia Koch was driving when the vehicle hit an embankment, became airborne, struck another embankment, and came to rest. Koch sustained serious injuries and was transported by ambulance to Lake Regional Hospital. A new cannabis dispensary has just opened in Sunrise Beach. It's called Revolution, and it's the latest of the company's eight dispensaries. It includes an on-site cultivation facility with proprietary strains. Dusty Schroyer, CEO, said they look forward to becoming an integral part of the new community and bringing world-class products to Missouri's medical cannabis patients. Gravoy Mills firefighters battled a two-alarm fire on Monday with the help of fire departments from across the lake area. The fire was at a commercial facility, and when firefighters arrived, it was already serious. They battled the fire for several hours, deploying more than 1,600 feet of supply hose and using more than 100,000 gallons of water. No injuries were reported. This has been your Lake Expo News Cut. All this news and more at lakeexpo.com. Lake news, events, boating, and the lake life, lakeexpo.com. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part through the generosity of our underwriters, like Victoria Station. Everyone at Victoria Station is excited about the new season. It's a chance to see their friends and show off some new products. Misty Atkinson talks about what they've done to enhance your shopping experience at Victoria Station. We're looking for new product, looking for new categories, new information on new categories, new colors, new design, just something unique, something we've not seen, something we've not had in our product mix. So we bought a lot of things we think will look great with what we've already been doing. We added to our nautical product mix. We added to our nautical artwork and furniture and accessories, uh, but we were looking for something unique and, and different. We're still located at 5465 Osage Beach Park just off the Case Road exit, and the best way to find us online is on Facebook at Victoria Station. We are open daily 9.30 to 5.30.
Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. It is back on the ice for the Blues tonight. It is pretty much a must-win game four of their second-round playoff series against Colorado. They're down two games to one, and without goalie Jordan Bennington, he had to leave the last game with an injury after getting run over, and he will be out for the rest of this series with a lower body injury. So the uh, Blues with a big, big game tonight. If they win, the series will be tied at two as they go back to Colorado for game five on Wednesday. Wednesday. If they lose, they'll be down three games to one and not looking good. Busy weekend in golf. Justin Thomas came from seven shots down to win the PGA Championship in a playoff. Rookie Mito Pereira had a double bogey on the final hole to blow the victory. He would have been the first rookie to win a major in 11 years. Tiger Woods withdrew after three rounds after struggling with some health issues. Triple Crown, Kentucky Derby winner Rich Strike did not run in the Preakness Saturday. His owner said he needed more time off after he won the Derby. So a horse named Early Voting held on to win and uh, is a winner of a Triple Crown race. Early Voting held off the favorite Epicenter to win the second leg of the Triple Crown. Epicenter has finished second in both the Derby and the Preakness. So next up, the uh, final uh, race of the Triple Crown, the Belmont, will go June 11th. Softball, the big NCAA tournament off and running. Mizzou hosted a regional, and they lose to Arizona in the championship game. So the season is over for the Lady Tigers. They finish 36-20. and 20. The Lady Tigers did beat uh, MSU twice. The Lady Bears finished their season at 28-20. and 20. They lost to Mizzou in the first round, then beat Illinois Saturday, only to lose again to Mizzou Saturday evening, and that ended the Lady Bears' season. The Mizzou men are done for the year. They uh, won two out of three at Georgia over the weekend, but it wasn't good enough to get them into the SEC tournament. So the Mizzou men's season comes to an end, 28-23. and 23. MSU Bears are 25-26. and 26. They lost two of three against Bradley over the weekend, but they do qualify for the Valley Tournament where they will play Tuesday afternoon and uh, try to keep their season alive. They play Illinois State. As for the Cardinals, they uh, swept three straight in Pittsburgh over the weekend, winning 18-4 to yesterday. The Royals lose three straight to the Twins over the weekend. They lost 7-6 to yesterday. Hey, you got to check out KB on TV. It's What's Burning with Kevin KB Burns, 7, 5, and 11 every single day. Lake TV bringing you five local lake area shows. And don't forget about Uncle Chris at the top of the hour almost every hour. You can see Lake TV on Como Channel 90, free on Roku, and streaming live 24-7 at MyLakeTV.com. I'm Chris Schneider with your Key Radio Lake TV sports update for this Monday. Programming on Key Radio made possible in part by Skelton Key & Lock. 
When you're locked out of your home, car, or business, every second counts. You need to be sure that the company you choose will answer the call and get to you as quickly as possible. Skelton Key & Lock offers reliable service, reasonable rates, and they're recommended by everyone. They can cut and program new keys and bobs. They can install new locks on your home, business, or rental property. If you can stick a key in it, chances are it can be serviced by Skelton Key & Lock serving the entire lake area. The serving table provides free meals at Key Gathering Place, Wednesdays 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. and Thursdays 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's the continuing mission of Jacob and Carly Lamb to serve people in need. But this is not just about free food. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Spiritual food is as great a need as the meals Jacob prepares, and we need volunteers to join in so the serving table can open every day. Learn more at keygatheringplace.com or search Facebook before the serving table. Business, government, history, religion, entertainment, and much more on 89.3 The Key. All right, folks, welcome back. 939 and 53 degrees. Is it really May? Normally we're, uh, you know, having to uh, sit down and relax and take a breather. Because of the heat and humidity, 53 degrees, 69 the expected high for today. And then we'll drop down to 54 overnight as we are broadcasting live from the world headquarters of SRG Financial Advisors. Looks like uh, 55 now is uh, the new overnight low. 71 and some afternoon and evening showers uh, possible tomorrow. Showers and 70 on Wednesday. Showers and 64 on Thursday. Partly cloudy on Friday. High 75, sunny and 82 on Saturday. It looks like it's going to be a great holiday weekend. 85, uh, the high on Sunday, and then on Memorial Day, partly cloudy, a high of 86. And I dare not look past that because I really just don't want to know. 940 is our time. Karen Kloppen is uh, joining us here in studio this morning, and she is running for the Office of Circuit Clerk for Camden County. And so we thought we would bring her in and uh, give her an opportunity to uh, talk to us a little bit about why she's running, tell us a little bit about her background, and why you should vote for Karen Clopton. How are you this morning? I'm fine, thanks, Kevin. Thank you for having me on this morning. Absolutely. Let's get you in there just a little bit closer. You can lift that if you want to raise it. There you go, so we can hear your wonderful speaking voice. So uh, you decided to run for the office of Camden County Circuit Clerk. What was the inspiration behind that decision? Well, I have worked for the Camden County Circuit Clerk's Office for 11 years, and then I moved on up and worked nine years with the federal court in Springfield. Right. And I really enjoy working with the court systems, and this is something I've been interested in for a few years. Timing is important. With the current circuit clerk retiring, I felt it was an opportunity to give something back through public service. Sure. So I feel like I'm the right candidate at the right time. I know I can do this job and do it well. Let's talk a little bit about the position itself. What is the circuit clerk responsible for as far as what you do uh, <clears throat> with Camden County? Basically, they're the keeper of the records. Um, the court system is a vital part of our county. Most mm -hmm. people at one time or another will cross paths with the circuit clerk's office, uh, whether it be for jury duty or if you've gotten a speeding ticket or maybe some great long-lost uncle left you a million bucks. Hot dog. Yeah, it will go through the probate <laughs> system and the court system. I'm still waiting for that, that letter or that phone call, Karen. You know, you will probably utilize their services in some time in your life. Right. Um, 
what, uh, like I say, you know, you, you, you get involved in this. So you've probably had the opportunity to work with a lot of people over the years doing, uh, doing the job uh, in the office itself. Uh, w- when you were here working locally, uh, what was it that you were responsible for? What were some of the things that you were doing here? Uh, pretty much uh, what you described there, I would imagine. I've worked in almost every division in the office, and uh, I have a thorough understanding of how the office operates. I've done a lot of courtroom deputy work, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm also a federally certified courtroom deputy clerk. Which, uh, what does the deputy clerk do? Keeps the records of the the case that's, or or what's going on in the courtroom? Um, A courtroom deputy clerk, they Mm -hmm. go up and assist the judge during court. They, you know, take the minutes and the records, swear in witnesses. Um, jury or whatever is needed to sure. assist the judge. Well, we talked a little bit about uh, your your background and your experience and, and things along those lines. Um, you know, what are some of the things that uh, now? Do you live? Are you are you living here locally right now? Oh yes, I've lived m- most of my life in Camden County. Have you? Yes, we live on a farm just north of Max Creek where we raise beef cattle. Nice. And um, I'm a country girl. I was raised <laughs> raised in this county. Um, we have, uh, I'm married to my husband, Philip. Right. We have three children and five grandchildren. Wow. I attended Max Creek High School. Mm-hmm. I graduated from Max Creek High School and attended Drury University in Springfield. And, and so obviously you're, you're pretty well known, I would imagine, around the area. You have a lot of friends, a lot of family members. Uh, uh, what are some of the things that you just in, enjoy doing when you're not working? I enjoy getting out on the t- on the farm, spending time out there, right. um, checking cattle, running around on the ranger. But most of all, I enjoy spending time with my five grandkids. Mm-hmm. They're a lot of fun to watch them play sports, spend time with them. They love to fish. Right. And we love to fish and hunt. Um, and then I have a lot of connections and good friends in this county. I love going to lunch with my gal friends and, uh-huh. you know, having some girl time and sure. catching up. Absolutely. Do all of your uh, grandchildren live uh, here locally or do you have to do a little traveling to see them once in a while? I'm very fortunate. Most of my kids, or all of my kids, have settled in this area Mm -hmm. and are relatively close. So I I get to spend a lot of time with them, which is never enough, but I still get to spend a lot. No, you spoil them rotten and then send them back home. Absolutely. That's what the joy of having grandkids are. It is 944. Our guest is uh, Karen Clopton. She is running for the circuit clerk position uh, here in, uh, in Camden County. You've uh, you've done this job for a while, obviously, and and what are some of the things? What are what are some of the issues that that you feel are important to to the uh, citizens of Camden County as far as what uh, that office holds, and and maybe some other things that uh, you feel are important to to this area as well. I think some of the the greatest needs and challenges of the circuit clerk's office is they need more cross training. Um, they're many different divisions in the circuit clerk's office and it takes time to learn each one sufficiently right i want the staff to know the answers when someone comes in with a complicated situation i don't want that person to hear well they're gone to lunch or they're off today can you come back in an hour tomorrow Mm -hmm. i want to be able to help them right now to give them the answers they need now right so with cross training um Everybody kind of knows what everybody else does and can provide answers. Uh, essentially, that's uh, what cross-training is. You've got a little bit of knowledge in uh, all of the different areas, all of the different fields. Is uh, is that something that uh, they're doing now? Is it something that uh, you'd like to see maybe as a requirement? And if so, how does that play into, uh, you know, offering that type of training? Because I'm sure it comes with a bit of a cost. 
Well, I think it's limited what they do now. Mm -hmm. And from what I'm hearing with folks I'm visiting with out on the campaign trail, Mm -hmm. I think there's a need. And a lot of cross-training can be handled in the office. Uh, It just takes time for, you know, each person to learn each job because there are so many different divisions and it is complicated you have to you know it's mandated by the office of state courts administrator so you have to follow their guidelines but i think a lot of it can be done in the work environment itself there without you know an expense to the taxpayers maybe people working alongside of each other here you learn my job and i'll learn yours is that kind of the uh, thought process absolutely hands-on training side by side and and i think that the state offers classes that they can attend, so mm-hmm. I think that's important. Important. I've had numerous uh, continuing education classes and um, training through the state court system, and I think it's a huge advantage when you're learning a job. Now, as far as things go, um, in terms of cross-training, um, what are we talking about? Maybe, uh, maybe give us an example uh, as to a person who does one particular job, another person does another particular job, and, and how they can uh, teach each other that uh, other person's job. Well, say you come into the office for an ex parte, a protection order. Mm-hmm. You know, one person helps you with that. But maybe this person has a question about uh, a criminal case that, you know, charges have just been filed, you know, because of this mm-hmm. ex parte. It's always always good and you know to the advantage of the person there that maybe that person can answer some questions what kind of charges were filed Mm -hmm. you know it is limited what we can give the general public because we cannot give legal advice so you know just to be able to answer some questions get copies of documents if they need it or you know whatever right but be able to cross that line and help both sides instead of having to go get another person just to answer that question so it would make whoever comes in to utilize whatever services are available, it would uh, make it easier for them because when they come in, they get everything taken care of and they don't have to come back or wait or on down the line. Absolutely. Who likes going into a place of business and you're expecting to get your errands run or you know, take care of business and, mm-hmm. oops, you can't do that. You're going to have to come back later or tomorrow or whatever. Nobody wants that. They want to go in there, get it taken care of, and go on with the rest of their day. Sure, absolutely. Any other things that you see as uh, maybe some needs for the uh, the office at this time? Uh, I don't know if there's, uh, you know, with the budget and various things involved, if there's any things that you would like to see uh, happen or maybe not happen or try to save the county a little bit of money? I think we need to raise the bar on professionalism and efficiency in that office. Mm -hmm. This is a rapidly growing county, and we have to streamline our paperwork, documents, whatever, to go faster and smoother. We have to get our work done much quicker than we used to. It Mm -hmm. it needs to be streamlined, and we need to have a professional appearance to the general public. I think when you have more of a professional appearance and people come more respecting and trusting you, we're representing, you know, the court right. system. People need to trust us. So you uh, you think that maybe uh, a different look is, is kind of uh, uh, the way to do things? Um, and, and then as far as technology, do you implement the type of technology that would move these things, uh, move this process through faster? Uh, are there things that you would like to see implemented in terms of uh, any systems that are out there that would help move this along quicker? I think when the state become where we could e-file, I think that just moved things so much faster and quicker for everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, That has helped tremendously. 
uh, we have a lot of court systems going, or a lot of courtrooms going now in Camden County. Uh, we're doing three municipal uh, courts as well as taking care of our own county business. So it is busier, but I think the e-filing has helped. But cross-training will be a huge advantage in that office. Right. Is there, um, is there anything else that uh, you'd like to see in, in terms of... Uh, you mentioned uh, professionalism. You mentioned uh, e-filing. Uh, what about uh, ha- allowing uh, the citizens of Camden County to have access to the records, the records that are available to be accessed, I guess is the easiest way to put that. Um, is that a process that uh, runs relatively smoothly or do, uh, you know, you, you've got somebody that calls and you tell them, well, you can go here and you can get, you know, access to whatever it is you need. Does that process seem to roll along pretty smoothly? Because, again, that, that kind of goes with that whole convenience. And you mentioned coming in and having the ability to get uh, all of the things done that you need done. Uh, if you need to access something, is is that a process that uh, runs relatively smoothly? There is access on our case net through the state of Missouri. Okay. You, know, you can go in and look at docket sheets and, you know, look at what's going on with the case there. Some of the cases are not open to the general public you know they are closed cases but for the most part they are and if you can't find it on there you can come into the office and we can make copies for you you can look it up online and there um so yes it has you know came a long way so what are some things about uh the job as far as circuit clerk of camden county that a lot of people don't know about maybe uh some things that uh we just as citizens uh, don't understand, don't uh, don't know about, or uh, maybe some things that uh, you'd like to tell us about this morning. The circuit clerk is responsible to oversee and maintain all of the records for the divisions of the court mm-hmm. for our county, and it's it's mandated by the Office of State Courts Administrator in everything that we operate, including everything monetary. We have to answer to them. So, experience is extremely important in that office to know what you're doing, you know, and be able to handle that. Mm -hmm. And uh, with the current circuit clerk retiring at the end of this year, and another girl just recently retired, and I believe one more is retiring in a few months, when these three girls leave, they're taking almost 100 years of experience with them out the door. And experience is vital in that office. You know, you have to know what you're doing and have a thorough understanding of each job. They're going to be greatly missed. There's another interesting topic right there. Is is the turnover rate high in that office? Is is uh, is that something that concerns you? And if so, what would be uh, a good way to retain some of the employees? Do they need a little bit more money? Do they need uh, uh, better benefits? What are what are some of the things that you look at from that position? I don't believe the turnover rate is real high. Um, I think it's this way across the county. It's hard to find good help. Mm-hmm. You know, when somebody does retire and you have to replace that position, it's hard to find someone that will fit those needs. Uh, they have to be, you know, intelligent, know how to handle a computer and, and the public as well. Uh, there's just lots of responsibilities. You have to pick the right person to go with that. And there's twenty around 20 employees in that office, and six of those are paid by the county, and the rest are paid by the state. Mm-hmm. The state you know, sets a salary for that as well. Okay. The county sets theirs. And the county girls are catching up with our state girls, unfortunately, as far as the pay scale. Um, I, I do hope that our governor 
you know, does some pay raises and makes some changes for our state employees. But it, no, most of the girls stay there. When they get that job, they stay, stay there for years because yeah. it's an interesting job. It's a good job. Well, as is the case, uh, some of the state workers in the state of Missouri are some of the lowest paid uh, employees in the country as far as state workers uh, go. So that might be uh, something that uh, we get around to one of these days. Uh, I guess there is obviously some concern from uh, uh, the workers that uh, are in the office that maybe they'd like to see a little bit more money coming their way. Wouldn't we all? But uh, that maybe is something that uh, will be taken care of on uh, on the state level by the governor. Who who knows when, when that will be. As we talk about uh, finding the right employee for... Uh, the job. Will you be in a position of of hiring employees if necessary, and or maybe even firing employees if necessary? Yes, that's what the circuit clerk does. It right. manages the employees in the office. So you will interview and try to find good employees. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be rare to fire someone, but if need be, yes, you would do that as well. If you were looking for someone, uh, what is kind of the criteria that you use? Uh, I guess they have to have a certain level of education uh, in, in order to do the job. But uh, what are you looking for in uh, in somebody who, you know, might be leaving and then you have to replace that particular person and the person that's coming in? What would they uh, What would they have to be able to provide for you? Well, of course, they'd have to go through the interview process. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would need to have a high school diploma, and I would be for testing. I think if you give them a test, mm-hmm. you know, see what their uh, strengths and weaknesses are as far as, you know, punction, grammar, you know, that sort of thing. I think that would be um, to an advantage of the office. Uh, you can tell a lot from a person by their interview, sure. you know, and go from there. Right. I guess we've all had to go through that process at, at one point or another. Uh, I know I certainly have, and I'm sure you have, for the various positions that uh, you've worked in. You've got to sit in front of somebody and impress the socks off them so that they hire you for the job, and you have to tell them why you're the best candidate for the job. And again, I would ask you to uh, tell the listeners this morning and uh, potentially voters that are uh, listening here and uh, tell them why uh, Karen Clopton would be a good candidate for the circuit clerk of Camden County. I have 20 years of court experience. I was a deputy clerk for the Camden County Circuit Clerk's Office, and then I moved on up to the federal. I'm a federally certified courtroom clerk, Mm -hmm. and I possess the leadership skills to move this county forward. I know I can do this job, and it's a big responsibility, but I know I can do it. And would look forward to, forward to serving the people of Camden County. Now you said you uh, you went to Max Creek School. Yes, I did. High school and graduated. Yes. yes. Do you think it's important that um, a person who becomes the new circuit clerk of Camden County is somebody who uh, lives in the area, or do you think it matters? Uh, I guess whether or not uh, that person lives in the area. I would think it would be beneficial. To have somebody who kind of knows what's going on and has been involved in the office and, uh, you know, kind of knows the inner workings. It's a huge advantage to know the inner workings of the office. You just almost have to have experience to be able to run the office. Right. Uh, I know a lot of people in this area. I was raised in this area. I have lots of connections and friends. But... Well, you know, I guess uh, we will find out on Election Day, because you've already been out there hot on the uh, campaign trail. 
I've seen you a few different places, and uh, obviously, uh, this whole this whole uh, situation with campaigning. Uh, how is that going for you? I mean, do you like getting out there and shaking hands and kissing babies and doing all that good stuff? I love getting out there shaking hands and kissing babies. It's easier to do that than to sit in here on this interview because this is all new to me. Right. I can get out there and talk to people, and I am working hard. Right. Uh, that's just something I enjoy doing. I'm knocking on doors, meeting people, and getting to as many events as I can. I actually have a – I'm speaking tonight at We the People at the Key Gathering Place on Highway 5 in Camdenton. That starts at 630. I want to invite everyone to come out that would like to – to listen to me and have sure. some questions. Sarah, buddy, uh, my uh, my counterpart in this uh, endeavor on uh, Key Radio, Bill Mundhausen, out there at uh, at uh, the Key Gathering Place on South Business Five. But you know, I think a lot of people, uh, you know, there's a lot going on around uh, uh, this time, and uh, will be increasing. So obviously, you'll be out there and doing what you can do to uh, get folks involved, and and. I guess, if anything at all, we want to be telling people, uh, for the most part, to, to get out there and vote. Absolutely. August the 2nd. Karen, I told you, I guaranteed you that this would go by in a hurry, and it sure did. We've got about 30 seconds left. I want to thank you for taking some time to join us. Karen Clopton, who is a candidate for the circuit, Kurt, uh, circuit clerk position here in uh, Camden County. We're just about ready to put this one to bed. I will be talking tomorrow with Mr. Bill LaCasse, and we might get his son... Christopher in here to uh, talk a little bit about his experience out there at the Ozarks International Raceway. Folks, have a wonderful day. We are at 54 degrees on our way to a high today of around 69, maybe some rain later on and a low of 55. You are listening to 89.3 KEYK Osage.